This is a family matter The casualties after the intergalactic battles This little child slept through If life is a story, then mine is a saga And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you And we'll ride it long enough if they let you Welcome back to Brian K. Pod, the internet's only podcast about comic book author extraordinaire Brian K. Vaughn and his series saga that he does with artist extraordinaire Fiona Staples, who I almost called Fiona Shaw, who's a great actress. Look her up. Um, I am one of your hosts, Spencer. And I'm Logan. And we are here to break down every issue of Saga. Um, we had a slight delay. I'm not going to really talk about it because, you know what, if you're catching up with us, you don't feel the delay. And if you haven't been, thanks for coming back. And we'll just move forward from there. It's all on me, but we're here. So um, we're talking about Chapter 17 of Saga. What we're going to do is go through the whole issue from cover to cover. Uh, spoiler alert for everything that's come up to this point. I have not read ahead. Logan has. He tries to keep that uh, the spoilers out of our conversation, but sometimes does provide some good context. Um, but we're not going to spoil beyond this issue as a rule um, because I don't know what's coming, and I'd be mad at Logan, and he'd be mad at me if he was in my position. So that's what we're going to do. So if you've read issue 17, chapter 17, then you are good to go. Uh, and if you haven't, go read it and then come back, and then we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, so we're here. We're doing it. We always start with the cover, and we were just talking about this off air or maybe in the behind-the-scenes stuff you put at the end into the episode. I'm not sure, but we were just talking about it. Um, this is the first time a cover I'm like, this feels out of context. It always yeah. feels really in context, and this feels out of context. Yeah, there is nothing in this issue. Like, there's no uh, flashback to Prince Robot with his uh, wife. or well, Actually, that's not true. There is one sexual thing in this issue. Mm-hmm. But... I don't understand what the cover necessarily has to do with it. Because that's so. Marco and Alana in his in his face, right? I mean, yeah. And so, like, it's it's very and there's like the sun behind him. Like, I, I don't know. It's um maybe he's saying they're effed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm not. I, I guess it's about as I, the dad joke is about as far as I can get with the um with the context it's not a bad cover it's actually kind of a a, like a startling cover like the fuzziness of the image sort of like a tv fritzing out um and that kind of the light kind of it almost looks like um instead of the sun like a flash bulb from like the 40s or something exploding behind his face yeah um so there's something like uh startling and and um and and energetic there but so it's a good it's a good cover and i like the you know obviously the colorful like the yellow and then the blue in the front it's really cool but i just don't understand why we're here so i don't dislike it i just don't think i get it yeah i'm i'm there too like like i said i know there there's one i started to say there's no sex stuff in this issue but there is the one conversation he has with oswald um right at the end there about mm-hmm. what the opposite of war is which we'll mm-hmm. get to but like i guess maybe it's the uh marco alana thing that throws me like because there, there's no passionate stuff with them in this issue yeah no yeah i'm i'm i guess so yeah it's yeah. And interesting stuff, but um neither here nor there i think you could probably we could like peel off layers of what the opposite of war is and kind of get here somewhere um but i think that what makes it harder to do that naturally is that each cover has been so directly not like 
subconsciously or you know metaphorically each one has been so directly tied to the issue we're in um and i think that's what it's like they've taught us how to read the covers and now i'm like it's like i can't read the same language does that make sense yeah yeah so um anyway um so then uh we we jump to our first splash of the book um our journalist couple spooning in bed um <laughs> with the bad motel art hanging on their wall you know what? it could in their culture it could be like the good art <laughs> we don't know their culture uh except that their sorry. love is not allowed right that's the thing we know yes um but they've got it and they're and they're happy and they're talking about um where uh what they think Marco and Alana have done in the trajectory that they are on. I remember you telling me a few episodes back how much you like these characters. Um, and so I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your thoughts on them in this moment. Is this what, like, what makes you like them? What's, what do you think about this moment with them? I think I just like them because <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. I have this affinity for like uh, kind of his girl Friday kind of like, uh, reporter couple, you know, I I don't know. It just it reminds me of like those old movies. So I'm just like, oh, I dig these guys. Um, and it's kind of fun that they're getting themselves into a mess that they're never really. Well, I mean, I won't say never, but they they don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I guess. I, Deep down, I always wanted to be a reporter, <laughs> so <laughs> I just never had the nerve. Uh, I've been rewatching um, Silicon Valley and CJ Cantwell, the like tech blogger <laughs> that gets involved in all their shit. Uh-huh. Uh, I was like, I really like this character. I'm like, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny now that I think about it. I think. Um... If I look at some of the friends I have, you know, I guess collected over the years, but the friends that I have, like if I little group, there's several of you guys who are like, I always want to be reporters. And I honestly had a journalism scholarship that I did not use. Um, and it's weird to think that that's sort of the bubble, the like-minded bubble thing that the Venn diagram in the middle is one to be a journalist at some point for me and my friends. Yeah, and I didn't know that about you. I don't think I have ever heard that from you. I think that's why I'm talking about it. Um, yeah, it's probably not something I've ever really talked about with anyone. But, it, it, but then you see, like, I've known people who've worked, like, in news or for papers or whatever, and they don't seem like happy or fun people. But then, like, you watch movies like... Um, the paper or his girl friday or um even ones that cover like really horrible things um what's the one from a few years ago michael keaton um oh gosh i, I almost said wordpress but that's not it um uh, about the uh catholic the child abuse thing yeah. uh, and while like, spotlight the, spotlight yeah sorry sorry uh, them covering the stuff like the issue itself is like that's horrible but like the excitement of them like you know uncovering everything it's like being a detective and a writer so that seems really fun to me but for the most part i know it's probably just shit (laughs) it's just a shit gig (laughs) deadlines and 
yeah, <laughs> I, I would be terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, I think that the the thing I've learned is the attention to detail is the thing that would crush me. I am a, I'd make a better, um, almost like they don't have these. Uh, well, they may. I don't know now, but the, but the, it's almost like a project manager. Like editor is a little more specific. Probably an editor today, I'd be really good at it, but an editor then not so good because the editor then had to be very fine tuned and detailed. An editor now is like, what's your real idea? Can we get clicks? Like the conceptual stuff. But editors then were more craftsmen. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Like, you, yeah. How many times have you seen like really big publications now have dumb typos because their editors don't care, but they just want to make uh, sure? Oh my god, man! Every time somebody on Slash Film publishes something and uh -huh. it shows up in my feed i comment about how it used to be one of my favorite sites on the internet and now i don't even like reading the headlines because like they don't a there's something's always misspelled or there's missing letters or it's like i can't deal with this anymore <laughs> do you know what i think about sometimes is what ebert would have been like in today's editors like like because he's such a good writer, but and I think there are several good writers I like, but they just need better editors. And yeah. I, I wonder, like, would we have? Would I have gotten frustrated with Ebert if he had a terrible editor? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, so. So there's a dog in the bedroom. <laughs> there is. There is um, a big giant dog with the with the poison canister, but he's it, so. Here's what I don't know, and maybe we find out. Maybe this is just one of those details again that we just never know. But it's something he he basically shoots darts out of his nose. Yeah. But it's a biological dog, right? It's not a robot. I uh, think, to my knowledge, yes. Yeah. So that's really fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, did it, they modify the dog? Is this a kind of dog in this world? Like, what? And those are the questions that I hope they never answer. But I'm very interested. We. I mean, we have a cat that can, she can tell you That's true. whether you're telling the truth or not. So, so provide that context. It just helps me keep my head on straight. <laughs> so, you know, if you accept lying cat, you have to accept uh, dart dog. So dart dog. I like that. <laughs> um, so we meet um, the brand who has um, one of my favorite panels of the issue. Is it my favorite panel? Listener, listen until the very end to find out. Um, but where he turns on the light and he's got this like, I'm going to say they've got this like, it's very like a non-binary like cool kid from like the 2004s. The David like, would play this part. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I love it. I love the the cross leg, but the flowy pant legs and like the very angular expression, the lighting, the, the kind of grayness of the the skin. Um, but the brand is there, who we've heard mentioned before, um, and um, and it, well, he does call the dog Sweet Boy, so maybe we'll just call Dart Dog Sweet Boy because yes. it's because it's capitalized. I didn't I didn't catch that until now. Um, so he's not killing him, but he's saying uh, essentially, um, "Uh oh, you're in trouble." So, and what do you think? They meant he mentions the name of the uh, what is it called? Where is Embargan? It? Yes, at yep. which I love, I love because if you've done any kind of reporting or reviewing or anything you know about embargoes and like you can't talk about anything because you're under embargo <laughs> so uh -huh. 
<laughs> I was like, that's such a perfect name for whatever this magical poison is. I also think it's uh, important, well, maybe not so important, but to note that he, the helmet he's wearing is... It's the, the from the, the crazy planet. Yeah, yeah, well, it's the same thing that Marco's parents had. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Does the, doesn't the lady at the planet that the, the um, oh my gosh, uh, the slave girl's from, doesn't she wear one? Yes. What is this thing? Am I not, how have I missed this until right now? It's all coming to, this, Well, it's like a, it's like a jump helmet. So um, it, it allows them, like, when he, when he exits, you know. He oh, the slash, you mean, okay, yeah. okay, I gotcha. So it's it's part I guess it's part of the magic travel thing yeah. um, because you remember Marco tosses it into the the furnace <laughs> to right. help them get away and she's like what the hell is wrong with you? Um, yeah, no, okay, that's interesting. I do like there's a panel on the the second page with the brand where they open the switchblade and say exactly. Um, I do love their face there i love i something about the bowie-esque which is a perfect it's you know what it is it's bowie by way of um uh hiddleston yeah uh, hiddleston Loki. yeah hiddleston would be good and, and the the kind of uh i got for lack of a better term my chemical romance like uh emo-ish that's where I got the early 2000s thing when I said that. That's that's something like along. I'm with you. I didn't have a, a name for it, but like that's the black lips and like the dark rings around the eyes. The super and, skinny hot topic tie. Yeah, and of course they would have a a um what 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 are those dogs called? I don't know. They're big. Um, Saint Bernard. Saint, Saint Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. Is that Saint Bernard? Yeah. It's got My legs like a bear. Yeah. My grandmother used to have a St. Bernard. So. Oh, really? A Beethoven? Yeah. yeah it, it, uh, her name was Buffy. Okay. So, um, I hear their sweet dogs was a sweet dog. Yeah, so sweet. So. Um, remind me to tell you offline, since my child is in the room, something my wife Googled about our dog recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that'll be fun. It's very uh, good. I, let me just say... Um, the dog is nine, and I've started calling it two to four more. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I think you get all the context you need now. Um, um, so she was real upset, though. So it's not, it's a funny joke, but also a little too dark. Um, okay, so embark. So the, brand, the brand kills their story, essentially. Mm -hmm. But the question is, does that kill their quest to find the truth? Like if right. you if you can't tell the story, does wanting to know the story like mm -hmm. does does that keep you going whether you can repeat it or not? So yeah, no, I I totally uh, see what you're saying, and I did wonder. My first thought was, and this is the episode where more than ever you are providing the granular word, like the good words, to my vague thoughts and sentiments my big feeling was why do we meet these guys if this is going to happen what is in store for them next but what you just said sort of vocalizes the real question is what do they do in terms of the story next yeah. um so that's very interesting and you know there is some level of you know brian k vaughn is a great writer but he's also like 
a prolific writer and a well-known writer and there's something that happens to writers at a certain level where they sort of start to write about writing and um not all the time but it can happen and there or there's like a character in their bigger story that's definitely them and what if he like starts to explore that idea of what kind of story if you bleed for your art if you bleed for your story what kind of stories worth dying for right and so i wonder if that's the road that we go down with them i just have questions and thoughts and it's just excitement about what happens next um but we don't see them again the rest of the issue um and um and and so I, I do, but I do like the brand's last uh, line about how this is a story with no sides, um, that that's causing the trouble, and um, that I, I still I vaguely get some of the specific issues people have with Marco and Alana. Like I get the general idea, but the more interstellar, like amongst the plan, interplanetary issues that come up is that generally genuinely this could almost create a third side of like why can't we be in this together wouldn't that be worth fighting for if they've have love and a child like that's a symbol right and and so i like sort of the the thoughts that that line brings up from the brand about what they really can mean to this overall conflict yeah it it, it makes me think so much of uh like mr robot um a show that ryan and i loved and podcasted about and like the further you go along i guess kind of spoilers for a show and actually real life the further you dive into things the more you discover that the the people that keep telling you who is right and who is wrong like that keep drawing these lines literally in the sand and redrawing them over and over like to tell you oh it's the other people like mm-hmm. it's the Democrats or it's the Republicans or it's this group of people. All the the people that are in power on either side, they're all on the same damn side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so their only mission is to keep you so entrenched in this made up war uh, that you don't really see what's going on. So which sounds very conspiracy theory, but. Like, the more you look into it, the more it's just like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm it's, um, oh, man. Not to get too true life. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man, I can handle it more than I ever could now, not having, not being on Twitter. I'm, I'm down to once a week because I forget. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know what they do? <laughs> they And they also funnel at you all of the people that you like when you get on that have tweeted over the last week. So I get like Joanna Robinson's last, like, or like five tweets from the last like seven days <laughs> and Dave Gonzalez, it's like five tweets and Neil Miller, Neil Miller, who also podcast. I like those three a lot. And so like, they're like, I get like a bunch of theirs. Kyle Pinion always has interesting comic book stuff. So I interact with those. And like, I see basically the same five people <laughs> and I'm like, cool. See what they've been up to the last week. Exit. And, but all to say, um, the, the narrative driving me any direction is a little more diffused, so I don't get distressed when people get into it for real, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're back with our family. Is it okay if we move on? Are you good with that? Oh, I don't yeah. have, I mean, the world is on fire, and how about my world's on fire? How about yours? <laughs> so <laughs> let's just, we just move on. Um, so, uh, started smash mouth, <laughs> you know. I hope it's an earworm in somebody's head. Um, you're welcome for that gift. 
Um, by the way, five-star ratings on iTunes for us are much appreciated. You don't have to mention our release schedule. We're going to do better. I'm going to do better. Um, so we're back with the family. We are finally at our moment uh, of confrontation and conflict. Um, we have got uh, Marco and Alana and Marco's mom, uh, her mother, which is a great don't mother me. That whole moment is very fun. But um, they're, they're up upstairs basically debating what do we do? How do we do it? How do we get out of here? Um, and 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 how involved we should be. Um, and um, I like that Isabel basically because she's a, a, a specter. She can't do anything. And I love how much that annoys Marco's mom. Um, but the, the debate is, do we rush in and save him or do we risk our lives? And in a lot of like we got to we have a family to think about and it's very stressful. Um, I cannot. This is not one I have a parental uh, comparison to. <laughs> Maybe like I think I hear a raccoon outside. and I think it's eating our trash. <laughs> do we go out? No, I have a family to think about. Like I don't have any sort of comparison to this, but it feels stressful and it's just two pages. And I think it starts because the the panel with Marco's hand over the baby's over Hazel's mouth and her eyes and the squishy face. It's and I'm so like, good. <laughs> it's such. It's like everything about it is right. And it's also like you, I know that baby, it, no matter what, the moment there's air available is going to lose it. And at some point, like you, you got to do more to quiet that baby. And that's very dangerous. Like, what do you do? The stress, it's like a sticks dynamite. And so what did you think about these couple of pages? Um, like before we get to Oswald, what, like, what did you think? Did, were you as stressed as me? Do you remember? Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I first read it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember. But yeah. uh, you know, of course, knowing how it turns out, uh, it's it's very like it's it's weird to say it's kind of funny, but like it does in a tense way. Like it made me laugh, like seeing the baby's eyes, and then like on the next page as they're debating things, Marco's mom is like <laughs> like doing the like kind of old man like fist shaking like like what is wrong with you people like let me go down here and just take this dude on uh -huh. you know um and, and then of course uh is it now is it later where marco says something about oh no it's later uh about having to uh take care of uh hazel which is absolutely disturbing but we can talk about that when we get there um but now yeah. I, I i find it more funny now than i do tense <laughs> that's fair that's totally fair um let's keep moving because now now i want to get to that that part you're talking about but we try to stay in order so we'll do that so the next page is uh, more of the standoff um between oswald and prince robot and we've got this um I, I do like his very, you know, I'm a writer. Just cut to the ending and finish me already, would you? Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, and um, and then, like, sort of their, their back and forth. Um, and the, the big thing is um, the question of what is the opposite of war, which was a question that's come up before and we didn't get the answer to. And I honestly never thought we'd get the answer to. And I act at this point in my reading, I thought, this is going to be the question that we don't get the answer to. That's going to be kind of like the running joke. You know, I really thought this is not a thing. Um, 
but I didn't think too much more about it, except this is just building the tension um, as we also switch and see that Gwendolyn is uh, looking at the lighthouse. It's that reverse of the shot, or shot, the panel. I really loved in the last issue where you can see through her binoculars to reveal her. Instead, we already know she's there, so now we're looking at her binoculars like, and see her. Um, and and I like all of that stuff. Um, and anyway, I'm jumping to her, but any any thoughts on the Oswald Prince Robot page? Um, it, it still, uh, Phil, I think I brought this up when we initially had their first confrontation. It all still feels very Tarantino-ish to me. <laughs> Which, yeah. um, you know, very tense, very, like, also kind of like these verbal, like, jousts going on. Um, I love the lightning in his... Mm-hmm. And Prince Robot's face. It's like I'll settle for a summary. So, um, so no, I agree, and I like the it's it's like the 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 entertaining tension. Like never have I been so stressed out and happy at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so um, so I think this sort of is building. It's all building, and I didn't, and we'll get to what it's building to, obviously. But I didn't. I will say at this point, I did not expect that the issue was going where it's going. So if you you've obviously if you're here with us you've read it, um, but we we take it in plot order. But I did not see the ending coming. I really thought, I don't know, sort of like some shows. Every episode is about the daring escape, or every season's about the daring getting out of whatever trouble. I really thought that's where we were going, and it just it's not um, doesn't seem that way at least. Um, so anyway, so Gwendolyn's looking. Um, I do like the lion cat calls her out. <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> you're coming up with all these bullshit reasons to go in there. Like, you don't need, like, to to trump it up. You don't need to, like, make up a story as to why you're, you know, running in there to, to you know, go after Oswald or see if they're in there or, you know. Yeah, I love Lion Cat. One thing I like here as she does convince uh, Lion Cat to go, is that she says, we owe him that much, meaning the will, like we owe him to, to at least try and see if we can save him. Um, and uh, I like the, what it means um, that Lion Cat clearly owes some, like there is there is some debt, like a Chewbacca-esque debt there. Um, and I like that. I also like that, I don't know what it is, but I just like this, like, yep, they, they're both in, the same boat. Um, Chewbacca is such a good comparison for Lion Cat because, like, especially like in this situation, like she's clearly asking permission to like continue with this quest from a cat who, you know, it, things being quote real, you would never ask your dog. You would be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go do this," okay. You would not need your dog's permission, but like this cat will eviscerate her if she she goes off script. So yeah, no, like I'm. A <laughs> he'll rip your arms out of your sockets. Um, so we get to a new page, and it's this. <laughs> this is probably my favorite bit. It's so sad, but it's my favorite bit in the whole issue. What do you mean? Uh, the will like laying there bleeding out. <laughs> She's trying to have a heart to heart moment with him. Uh-huh. Uh, I love that she calls him honest cat. Uh-huh. Or calls her 
sorry, honest cat. Um, <laughs> and uh, the will just like goes along with that. You know, tell honest cat that uh, you and me are square. It's her job to watch after you. Uh, and then uh, not to jump too far ahead, but then the next page, he's like, I have, you know, I, have, I want you to, uh, I have to tell you something. And then it's conversion tax. Always remember, you can spread your payments over two years. <laughs> I mean. When you I, say it that way, I hit the humor hits. I hit. Uh, it's just, uh, and then he says money fucks up everything. And yet, dot, dot, dot. Then he uh, either passes out or dies. I guess we'll find out soon. So. My my money is on is on passes out. I think only because um, we have three moments of potential loss. Um, one of them is a confirmed pass out that leaves two, um, and and I feel like this one makes sense to not be the end. Yeah, Definitely. not even Brian K. Vaughn would kill four fucking people in one issue. <laughs> right. He's not George R. R. Martin. Right. And they're not, they're not like, there's no way, like, they're not tied together thematically enough. In the plot, they're tied together some, but not thematically for any of that to make sense. So um, I, I'm thinking it's a good moment. It's a funny moment, especially when you read it back to me. Um, but I think he's hanging around. Um, don't know exactly how, but I do think that. And, um, and then um, we get back into the lighthouse and we get to um, essentially, there's no other way out. What are we going to do? How do we get out? If we can't get out, Marco poses the we should be ready to air quotes take care of Hazel. Um, and Alana's face says all. Um, and Marco's face saying it won't come to that says it all about that lie. Because <laughs> he doesn't, the lying cat would have been like lying because you don't know. Um, and um, I think that, I don't know, it's a tough thing. And I get why they're having that conversation the things marco's seen um the things that they know i understand the question and i feel like that i like i get it i don't i cannot imagine doing it at all i understand why that would be the undoable thing but i totally get why that would be a thought what are your thoughts on this moment uh, to me the most interesting thing is uh alana's reaction to it okay so she's clearly horrified but here's the thing we actually saw her threaten to do the exact same thing um when the stalk was literally on top of them oh like yeah she held a gun to her child's head yep yep and it's it's interesting the things that we find horrifying when other people say them and don't seem to notice like we're all just we're all such hypocrites um and not that it, it was never okay for either one of them <laughs> right you know but she she was clearly ready to do it um when uh marco was down and she thought that uh she was about to die and the stalk was going to take her child and do god knows what uh, to her uh, but now that Marco's like hey uh, I know I know what these people are capable of we cannot allow them to take our child 
um, it, it's it's just that's what interested me the most was her horrified reaction to something she had already done and said. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I I do. On top of that, I do like that the experienced parent um, in the room exits the room to go take care of business because she's not going to stand for this crap. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's yep. what I feel like just happened. She's like, I can't even listen to this. and I'm out of here. And uh, and she goes and does it. But without that poor, poor dialogue choice of my own, like she's just like gone. And we get this panel of of um, of asking where she is. And they're just in this empty room. Even Isabel's not there. Um, and I think that's a, a really cool visual. I like that a lot. I, I very rarely really dig like the facial thing where it's like, here's the shape of their face and a dot for an eye. Um, but um, Staples pulls that off very well. And this, this, the architecture and design of this room, it makes them feel like they're almost swirling down the drain um, as the spiral staircase goes around them and everything's sort of circular. And it's like, what's going to happen next? Can they get out? And uh, mom's going to go take care of business. Grandma's <laughs> going to take care of business. Uh, all I can think about is how much money did Oswald spend on these fucking rugs, man? <laughs> like no every kidding. room. Has, rugs like, are so expensive. Giant, elaborate, round rug. And imagine the shipping. I bet there's no prime in, uh, in space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he lives on a planet like surrounded by bones and weird bugs that animate them and like he lives in a lighthouse there's no like easy way to get to him it's yeah a lot of money on rugs man <laughs> so we're gonna do a thing um i'm gonna move into the next one this i do love the panel where he's on the desk on the next page and both like the psychedelic rug underneath them um they speaking of the rug so in the so i'm going to sort of set this up and then let you talk to it a little bit more and um just so you can say the detailed stuff because i happen to have a, a child in the room with me um so the idea is um uh, prince robot wants to know what oswald says is the opposite of war um and there and and we uh he asks oswald asks what did you see right before uh you almost perished um and and if you think really hard what can you see um and prince robot has a beaming light of a screen where he has a realization he says ah and he says that and it closes which is real funny sort of looks like the greendale logo on his um on his face yeah um, and um and then oswald goes nice and filthy eh? um and so uh talk to me about this a little bit in more detail so we we're addressing it correctly on the podcast so this is where the the sex comes in so yep. uh what uh prince robot saw he reveals was that uh he was having a, this giant orgy with his entire platoon every person he'd ever served with in his near-death experience was uh there and it wasn't his life that flashed before his eyes when he thought he was uh, about to die in battle or nearly died in battle. It was, uh, I guess, something he'd never uh, done before, like just this giant orgy with all manner of people. And, you know, he comes to this. Uh, he asked Oswald, like, how did you know? Which uh, Oswald never really uh gets into like how he knows that but clearly uh, being a writer you know uh, apparently a 
good prolific one. He'd done his research, and I, I assume Brian K. Vaughn probably did the same um, in talking to uh, people kind of probably off the record who had experienced near death in battle. And, you know, I, I'd be curious to know the answer. How many people told him that, like, yeah, when I was about to die, what I thought about was. Uh, to put it bluntly, like he says in the book, the opposite of war is fucking, um, which is such an interesting idea. It makes sense. I mean, I I think, and and I like. I also like want to point out the flower blooming. Yes. Uh, on his face, I think that's really good. Um, yeah, it's there, there's a couple things. Um, I like the line that Robot says, we may not be making love, but we were certainly making something. Um, sort of a, referring to it wasn't like violent, it wasn't by force, and it wasn't uh, romantic. It was just something, and I, and I like that um, sort of description. Um, it's fascinating, and it also makes sense to me because uh, it's not what I would guess or would have guessed, um, and it's just something... It makes sense. It's a collaborative thing, and um, and I think that you could, yeah, I don't know. It just that's it's an interesting thought that I've never thought before, but also just totally makes sense. Um, and I and it clearly does something to Prince Robot. Like he's he's tilted to the side when he's saying, but the opposite of war. And then when he says what it is, the next pan on the flowers on his face, he's totally straightened up. Like it's like he's come to attention, but not in like a jokey way. Like he's just like zeroed in on like wow like i think he agrees with this thought in this moment yeah yeah it's it's such a i don't know there's so much that you could just pull apart there but like i said it it is one we always talk about like quite sorry you're gonna hear the dog barking uh questions like we would ask brian k vaughn and that that's definitely one of them like how did you come to this like how where did that come from was it just in talking to people who had had near-death experiences or is this just an idea you've had for god knows how long you know the opposite of war isn't love it isn't uh peace it isn't you know whatever we try to tell ourselves it's literally just sex not mm-hmm. love sex yeah yep um it's it's, it's yeah it's interesting stuff, but the the tricky part about this emotionally is that we have um, uh, Claire show up, Clara show up, um, and we've had some romantic ideas about what was going on there, um, and and she interrupts hands where I can see them, um, and they she and Prince Robot exchange like Mooney and and he she says drone and and he's offended and there's like all this sort of the racial uh, you know, interspecies racism, speciesism <laughs> going on. It's so on point, right? Like people that throw racial epithets around. Uh-huh. <laughs> when you call them one, they're like, you can't call me that. <laughs> yes. Um, and so uh, shots shots fired. Um, uh, Clara's hit. Uh, Oswald yells Clara, uh, Clara and, and shoots. And we realize his, his toy prop is not a toy prop. It's a big old gun. Um, then the frightening three shots um i'm not it's it's hard to tell in that moment i actually thought that prince robot got off shots but i realized it was clearly he didn't it's it's just the three shots from oswald on top of the those four shots total but i really the way the smoke was coming kind of in front of 
Prince Robot's hand. I thought he was getting a shot off at Oswald, but I think that's more to do with what he just did with Clara. Um, and Gwendolyn says, you heard that right. So everything's kind of happening. This is the moment in the poker scene. And... Um, and inglorious uh bastards yeah, all that ends. tension just building up building, yes. and then everything happens in like a minute and a half <laughs> and you don't see exactly what's happening to who and you don't know what the deal is prince robots on the ground um and there's a moment where oswald is standing over car and i'm like oh does he is he gonna like is she gonna like see him and he's got like the spot on his shirt you know that whole trope that little joke yep. thing not joke that trick people do and i'm like is that what's gonna happen and they're okay clara's got a hip broken um but the axe took most of the damage oswald is so happy and i'm like wow but there's fire and there's uh, gwendolyn kicks the door down and then i read the words kill your darlings and i just know i just know i'm not gonna be happy can you – I feel like I've heard you talk about this before in my mind. Can you explain to our audience, if they have never heard Kill Your Darlings, what this means uh, from a writer's standpoint? So I, to the best of my knowledge and ability, the uh -huh. idea is that you become so attached to the certain elements or things when you're writing, not just in fiction, that you can't see uh, – how unnecessary they are sometimes yep. uh, and you kind of just spend too much time focused on this one aspect or elaborating on this one thing and it's just detracting from the overall story and you need somebody to step in and go this is unnecessary like maybe somewhere else it's important but it is not important to this piece to this story to whatever you're trying to do um and so you have to remove it you have to kill it you have to delete it you have to paint over it you whatever it has to go yeah. and um you know it's really fucking hard yep. to do that so because if you're anybody that creates anything or any not just art traditionally but anything you know like you put so much work into something it's really hard to just be like oh i'm gonna throw this in the trash yeah in this modern day of like um interviewing authors and being so prolific to get people's thoughts on their process out in the world you there's all sorts of stories out there george r, r. martin comes to mind other fantasy authors who i won't mention come to mind there's just a list of them who will say i plan to get rid of so and so in this book but i didn't and i left him to the because i couldn't I, and and they couldn't do this thing um, it's almost seen as a weakness not to be able to do it. And if we love the characters, the fans take it as a strength, right? Good thing they hesitated on doing this. Um, and I think it just depends on what the result is, right? If it's worth it or not. But in this case, Vaughn, yeah. um, I mean, to me, clearly kills one of our darlings. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, we've been here before, so... Um... We don't we don't know the, the makeup of his brain if he has one eye it might have a hole straight through his brain. <laughs> um, He'll be blind, I mean, but he's okay. Yeah, that that thing comes out the other side. I mean, the implication is clearly that he's dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and so so this one feels very serious to me. Um, it really stunned me. I did not think this was going to happen. Um, and then Gwendolyn recognizes. Uh, Marco's mom. Marco's mom obviously freaks out. Can you imagine after what she's lost and now this again, having just lost her husband days before? Um, 
and and then uh, losing it. Lion Cat goes after her, um, so we don't actually know the outcome of that. Lion Cat's lunge for for Clara, and uh, Gwendolyn is like totally blown away, like what's going on. Um, and then the the splash page to end this issue, uh, restarting. This may take a few minutes. Where's <laughs> <laughs> just saying fuck? And the like, tension, the tension that went away for a moment for me is just ratcheted to a thousand. Yeah, um, it, that it, this is my favorite piece in the book. Yeah, like that last splash page is is it? Is that your panel of the issue? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I I debated on that or um, the Bowie uh, the brand reveal, and I, I think because you have this and it's represented, I'll go with the the brand reveal because I really really something about the aesthetic of that panel. I'm a big fan of. Um, Overall, it's another great issue. It's I want to. I, I, I'm about to say something that made it sound more flip than I meant. That one of the better issues in a fantastic, great ongoing series. So when you say that, that's actually saying uh, something pretty impressive because it's. I think this is one of the more. Um, this is all the powers really working at one. The moral questions, the tension, the surprises, um, the investment that makes any sort of loss pretty devastating to feel like this is this is the book uh, really ratcheting up and and playing at all of its strengths. Really, really intense issue um, with the cover. I, I, I think definitely alluding to the meaning or the opposite of war. Um, still not not being my favorite cover of all those covers uh, just because i feel like it doesn't quite connect the same way the other ones do but otherwise uh, another fantastic issue of saga in my mind yeah uh, i mean we spent five issues building up to all of the events in the last like three pages so <laughs> and, and and like totally all the better for it in my opinion yeah like it could have just been one of those things sort of like the uh second season opening of lost which i still do like but it is like we finally got here and we have to spend like four or five episodes to really kind of flush this out or flesh this out. And, um, and it's very similar story structure, um, but just done so incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, yeah I agree. Even though uh, we won't talk about lost. <laughs> okay. I didn't bring up season three. That's what I should have compared it to. Oh my uh, God. The, uh, the, it's like the bear cages. Uh. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, no, fantastic issue. Once again, very excited to read the next issue. Um, panel of the issue we've done. Is there anything else on the issue you want to talk about or any other thoughts on it before we wrap it up? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. I did mention uh, leaving us a review on iTunes. That, that would be wonderful. We would appreciate it. Um, but either way, just thank you for listening. Um, I would say you could find me on Twitter at Film Dispenser, like a Pez Dispenser for movies. And I did. I just said it. I would say it, and I did say it. But I probably won't check it because I'm not on Twitter very much anymore. <laughs> I have pulled a Logan. Um, and so, But if you send me a DM, I think I get like an email for that. So like, if you do that uh, and you have questions or thoughts for the podcast, I'm happy to take them there um, and I'm pretty sure I get a notification via email if you send me a direct message um, and so um, that's a great way to do it if you tweet me I'll get back to you um, but I'll also be excited because I tweet with many people because I'm never on it anymore um, but uh, any you other places try to contact me you just get back an auto response that says get off my lawn <laughs> there's a grumpy guy grumpy yeah. stick figure um, and then um, uh, what else um, that's it. So where can people find you on the internet, sir? Where's your other work? 
Uh, go check out everything over at xwingfiles.com. Cool, cool. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining us once again on our saga, and uh, we will be back very soon with another issue. And we'll ride along and up if they let you.